yeah, that hot deep really uh, got things fired up. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Popcorn Watchlist podcast. I am your host, Xavier. And with me on the panel, we have the usual suspects. You've got Anthony. Hello. Danny. What's up? And in his uh, little corner over there is Zach. Hi. I'm in my little corner. Little corner. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, getting back to, you know, as Norman Osborne would say, going back to formula, uh, we're going to uh, kind of do a quick rundown. Each of us individually got to see some fun movies, uh, whether both collectively and kind of separate. Uh, let's open up really to our recently watched segment. Get right to it. As the microwave turns on, I swear <laughs> it's not a microwave, but sure. Uh, Anthony, let's start you up with uh, your recently watched. All right. So we're at the point now um, past a couple of these uh, you know, those four big shows that we were watching and a couple of them ended now. So yeah, we, we, I finished She-Hulk, Wings of Power and Hot D finished last <laughs> week. Hot D. Uh, he swears dude. it's going to catch on. I mean, I hear people calling it Hot D. I, I see Twitter just putting Hot, hot D as D, a right? hashtag. Yeah, so. Why not? Yeah. Uh, people like to call it House of Dragons. There's, yeah, you know, HBO's telling you the House of the Dragon. You, you call oh yeah, but House of Dragons. Hot Dragon if you want. I mean, no, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, you gotta, I just make sure if it's weird. I have to ask people, hey, did you catch up on that Hot D? And then they look at me funny. They shouldn't. <laughs> they should have known. Because it was a great show. It's not over. Season one just finished. They're probably going to do maybe two or three more. Can I tell you my but mom's reaction? Really good. Really when good. I told her it's going to be about two years until season two comes out. Like she just looked at me with such despondency and sadness. Like just, <laughs> I had to wait two years. Like I, she wasn't mad. She was just like, Oh, two years. I don't like, think it'll be two years. I think it'll be two years. I, I they saw said 2024, but it could easily be early 2020. I saw a rumor saying it might be early 2020. Oh, sorry. Late 2023, if not early 2024, but you know, they would want to push it as soon as possible. Ah, you know, Maybe. Uh, at least that gives time for the outlier in the room to watch the show finally. Yeah. I wonder who you're you talking about. The, I have no idea. That's you in the corner. It's our, our pretty? <laughs> yeah. In the spotlight. No, that's you in the spotlight. <laughs> and it would be cool for you to see it not knowing anything about Game of Thrones. So, Yeah. Yeah, you should. You have now. This is perfect. It's a almost show that you don't need reference to the actual like thing it's prequeling to. You now have almost two years to watch all the Game of Thrones and... <laughs> Why are you whispering about that hot D? It's gotta be that hot D. I House think I'll uh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll start with Game of Thrones first. Oh, boy. Interesting. oh my god, he's so pedantic. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Help. I've been getting a lot of mixed. I mean, watch it in, in mixed chronological what? order. Like, mixed what? Like mixed uh like oh you should watch How this, you should this first. It? No, you should watch this one first. So I think I'm just gonna go with Game of Thrones. Go with the with the OG. He's gonna do the the George Lucas do it in release order with the gut. Yeah, yeah. I might just keep it like that. Okay, so then you, start season one. You gonna get gut? 
That's what that is. Literally get got. Who? Because okay. GOT <laughs> GOT Game of Thrones. Keep up. Hot D and God. Oh man. Got that hot D? Yeah. Exactly. Got but yeah, the <laughs> got to hot D. I don't know. But yeah, for sure. If you haven't watched it yet, and I think we recommended it almost every week. Yeah, uh, definitely watch it. It was a great first season. Probably gonna win a bunch of Emmys next year. I mean, Patty Considine is it for sure nominated for something? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, what's his name uh, is gonna uh, Brian Cox is gonna win again over him, but I, I don't know, know if- man. Remember, he has to go up against other other actors that did their part twos of their shows. Too. He has to go up against uh, Bob Odenkirk yeah, and uh, Stranger Things. everyone from Succession. Yeah. That's all I, I always put that. Just everyone from Succession. So we'll see. They're too good. But yeah, and Andor is still great. If you're not watching Andor, <laughs> if you are at all interested in Star Wars, watch it. If you're not interested in Star Wars, I can have watch a whole, it anyway. We can have a good. whole separate episode of just like how enthralling Andor is as a show as for somebody who likes political thrillers who i mean we've we've got a few good stuff recently in terms of like good political thrillers but um <laughs> i'd say is um you know Andor's great like you don't have to know a lot about star wars to just know that hey this is these are the rebels before they were rebels if you know a lot about star wars then there's so many really cool and fun easter eggs and uh, attention to details, but at the same time, if you just want good drama and good acting and good story, this is written extremely well. Mm-hmm. Another good one from Star Wars that just recently came out too was Tales of the Jedi. Right. That was on my recently watched. Thanks, Danny. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Which I saw all of them, and I mean they're quick, but I saw them all the day it came out, and they were amazing. Uh, I loved it. We're talking about uh, just how little things help make something better than what you would normally see it as. So uh, Dave Filoni, the guy who, you know, who did Clone Wars and Rebels, and he's kind of, he sort of co-resurrected a lot of this, this cool offshoot media of Star Wars with Jon Favreau. Uh, he had, had worked very closely with Lucas, and he's had this guy uh, who comp- do his music score for all his shows. Um, for a really long time. Uh, it's this guy named Kevin Kiner. And he did the music, obviously, for Tales of the Jedi. That music was so good. Like, episode four and episode mm-hmm. six? Holy hell. And, like, for, for Ahsoka and some of the other characters? Was- yeah. No, and you had some uh, uh, fun fact. So, uh, I don't know if uh, I, I should tell this because it might be minor spoilers for the guys, but... uh. So one of the episodes shows up a significantly younger uh, Count Dooku and his uh, his Padawan. Guess who the Padawan is? Qui-Gon. Yes. You got it. Uh, the person who plays young Qui-Gon is actually Liam Neeson's son. Oh, nice. Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. It is really, really cool. It's very fitting. Yes. It was really, really cool. Um, there are, again, small nods like that to go through. Uh, T.C. Carson, the original Kratos. Uh from God of War, he's still obviously Mace Windu. There's a younger Mace Windu, uh, and the uh, the guy uh, and Corey Burton has done the voice for a whole bunch of other things, but he's the voice of Count Dooku over the years, and he still nails like a younger tone, slightly more optimistic. And I, I don't know, it's the Tales of the Jedi is amazing. It's also I haven't even gotten to the animation. Like the fight sequences are really well animated. Um, 
like even like facial expressions with various different things. I don't know how you like that, Danny. Like just catching small, they're smaller episodes, but the details are really, really good. I mean, it just goes to show that it doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes or an hour and a half. Like if you have a good story and a good setup, it'll work. And they nailed it in 10 minutes. Yeah, it's like 10, 12 minutes or so. Um, that final episode, um, like the the art direction was really well done too. Like the, the last half, that was really dope. Plus um, that character was badass. Yeah. <laughs> like I was surprised like we didn't get more of that, but just it was really dope. Go uh, watch it. Yeah. It's on cool. Disney Plus. Um, your does that would that say that's your recently watched? Good sir. That was my recently watched, and then one that we all saw, t- saw together, which was my first time watching, uh, was Shaun of the Dead, uh, which you all have seen before. God, uh, it's, it, it's great <laughs> to see his reactions for the first time of just like, you know, like there are times these days, a lot of people here at home, you kind of like, you kind of, you have your phone on you. So then you're kind of looking at your phone. All of us collectively are like, put your phone down. And so like, <laughs> it's great because then he put the phone down, then he gets all the little details of like stuff in the background, uh, points of dialogue, things on the radio, tying into what's going on in the story. Uh, and like you could see the uh, like the in your mind, just like, oh, I'm being rewarded for paying attention. It, it's one of those fun movies where you could watch with people or it, it's actually fun watching with people who have seen the movie because you're like, wait, I saw that. Is that something? And, and everyone's kind of like, oh, he noticed that. <laughs> yeah, there I there is a thing that I, I forget because. Uh, Edgar Wright with those movies is great at establishing and foreshadowing and predicting like just the entirety of what's going to happen. But uh, it wasn't until Zach pointed out just how literal um, the the plan is. Yeah, yeah. the whole plot is laid out. Yeah, we'll just wake up in the morning, start with a Bloody Mary. And and it's like, oh, wait, that chick's name, the zombie woman (laughs) in the the backyard is named Mary. And it's just, yeah, it kind of blew my brain a bit. Uh, So I love I love discovering fun stuff like that. Um, it was hilarious too. Yeah, right on you <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> now I get some of these. Uh, mm, shame about the news. car. Guess we'll have to take the jag. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it was parked. It was parked. <laughs> you crashed the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shame. Nick so, Frost is great. Now, hopefully, by the next couple episodes, I'll have a hot fuzz under the belt. Oh, we'll, yes. we'll go in order. Yeah, I, I that one brief, I need yes. to see with you. Like that is. Like that's my Charlie Day in a chalkboard or a chalkboard, like going crazy, <laughs> like showing every little piece of thing connected, reference and uh, metal uh, inference and foreshadowed moment and and callback uh, everywhere. Like I could have a whole like treatise on how that how that movie is that good. Nice. Ah, oh, it's too good. Good man. <laughs> Sorry, getting excited. But yeah, so that was my two bits of recently watched. All right. Nice. What nice. about you, Zach? Cool. Uh, so I kind of went on a whole uh, uh, Wes Anderson like phase. phase. Uh, I started off by watching the French Dispatch finally for hey. the first time. This man, this man took a crash course in symmetry again. And <laughs> and I I thought it was so I thought the, the film was actually really good, but I I felt myself not paying attention sometimes. I, I'm not too sure why. Um, even though, like, like, I really wanted to pay attention, I really wanted to to like the movie, like as much as I mean, I, I liked it, but I wanted to like it a lot more as much as I did Grand Budapest. Mm. So mm, that's mm. fair. I still think that's probably one of his best movies. 
No, because <laughs> well, the thing is, I watched that one right after I watched uh, French Dispatch, oh. which is uh, the second movie in that whole Wes Anderson phase that I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, but to but uh, back to French Dispatch, um, it felt very like very similar to Grand Budapest and and like the shots and the setups. Um, and w- one part that I I really was like, oh, okay, that's kind of random, but a nice little touch was the whole the whole animated uh, sequence. Um, like in the second half of the movie, I think. Oh, is that the was. with the kidnapping one? Yes. Yeah. The car chase, dude. The yeah. Car chase with the with the was he a wrestler or is he a bodybuilder? I forgot. Um, Anthony, I, don't I guess know. he wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I guess he's paying attention. I yeah, yeah, I don't I don't remember that part. <laughs> or I don't remember the that the part was character. hilarious. I want to say a bodybuilder. Yeah, I think it was bodybuilder. I think it was a bodybuilder. Um, which I, I thought was a pretty. Uh, nice little touch to the to the movie. Um, the acting was was great as as always. Uh, adding in someone like uh, Timothy Chalamet in there uh, was pretty cool to see. Uh, and then right after that movie, I think the same night, I watched Grand Budapest Hotel, and I was like laser focused the entire time because it's so good. It's so good. So uh, out of the little like short stories that made up. Uh, the French Dispatch. Like, which one, I guess, stood out to you most? I think I, I can guess. I, wow. Uh, I don't remember. I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was a little hard. To, I, I, I have to watch the movie again. It's on HBO Max. I think it's still on HBO Max. Oh, look, I have Wes Anderson on the line here to yell at you. <laughs> I, I should probably try to rewatch that movie again this week, if not sometime next week, to and and really pay attention uh, this time. Uh, but I, mean, I I don't remember the little the segments um, all too well. But there were just certain sequences that were pretty cool, like like the freeze frames and the cameras panning uh, throughout the scenes and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, they 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 did that like maybe three times I think throughout the movie, um, which was. Uh, uh, another like really cool uh, kind of something Wes Anderson would do. I feel so, like. so not the Benicio del Toro inmate who's an artist. Oh, whole thing. That, okay, that that now that you're saying it, <laughs> I, come on. I I do remember I that being me. really like uh being a little. It was it was cool and it was funny. It was weird. It was <laughs> it was everything. Yeah, you had all like his usual suspects like in the movie of actors and people he likes to play around with in that movie in that in that one particularly but then also even like at the very end like you still had Edward Norton uh uh but you also had like uh RV Keitel was still there what well, was like in the first one cuz again these some of the other like inmates and um damn yeah like it's uh but then you had yeah you know, some of the then his other like main people that he uses a lot are the what the other like storytellers or the the people who wrote that edition of the story in the French Dispatch, yeah. Uh, you know Francis McDormand, who in, if in Island Island Dog she was uh the narrator or no she I think was the little girl that was a uh like the exchange student or whatever. But uh, yeah, like you have that. That's the the one with uh Timothy Chalamet where like the, the kids are like staging or like a protest or a revolt or something like that. 
yeah he's yes lost. <laughs> vaguely yes vaguely yes I, there's a part where like timothy chalamet's character he's like i feel shy about my new muscles and i don't know why but i like i was in the theater bursting <laughs> laughing oh the, where he's in the tub yeah he's in the tub yeah. he's like no please i feel shy about my new muscles like <laughs> and that was the point where i think around the time where we, i was just because i think a dune had come out and then i watched french dispatch and, and it's just like timothy chalamet overload and i was just ready to just hate on this segment hardcore and then you look at it like Nah, he's actually doing a good job. Good, like, damn it, like I can't, I gotta roll back on the hater raid. So you only saw those two movies? No, I I watched two uh, two more actually. Uh, so after uh, the Grand Buda, uh, Budapest Hotel, I think the next day I watched uh, m- was it Moonrise Kingdom? Nice. Oh, there you go. Which Ed Norton? Edward Norton. Yeah, he was uh, the the camp leader or scout leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, like I. I I felt like like I, the movie was losing me a little bit in some places. It was a little bit slower and not as uh not as uh fast paced, I guess, like like the 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 two previous movies I just mentioned. Um, um but it was still like a really nice uh really nice done movie. Uh, I feel like I wouldn't need to watch it again, of course. Um I didn't hate it, of course, but I I feel like I need to watch it again to maybe appreciate it a little bit more. Uh, for what it was, and then the th- the fourth one uh, was Bottle Rocket, which was his first film. Yeah, and the first movie that uh, uh, Owen and Luke Wilson ever did. If you know them, you know Owen Wilson is like. Oh McQueen. yes, okay. Yeah, I mean, like I know the the movie that you're talking about. Wow. But, uh, it's like a like <laughs> like they're both uh well him and then both of them and then some third guy are like uh um. Uh, avionics engineer the crooks oh no never mind i was thinking of another movie with luke wilson but yeah okay makes sense that one was it was okay i actually haven't seen that one yeah that one's also on hbo max okay cool i'll check it out yeah all these i watched on hbo max yeah Um, i have to check that out too like that's pretty cool and i I don't remember if they had other movies like i I looked for isle of dogs they didn't have it on there i think they might have had fantastic mr fox but i didn't watch it that's a good which one. is another That's a good another one. uh Isle of dogs film. is also a good one um what about the darjeeling limited the darjeeling limited no but I, I i think that one's also on hbo max i i think i have it as like a like on my watch list but i Royal haven't gotten to it oh that one i haven't i th- i don't think it's on hbo max either like only some of his movies are Life on HBO aquatic max. uh steve suzo yeah, all, all those are not on HBO. Come on, I, I HBO. don't know where to find them. Come those. on, HBO. Yeah, get with it. <laughs> like they have yeah, s- Royal Tenenbaums is uh, it's weird. <laughs> it's it's cool, but it's it's really weird. Like it's, it's I don't, yeah, like it's, it, yeah, it's <laughs> just watch Royal Tenenbaums. He makes weird movies. <laughs> yeah, it's great. They're like, fun, they're entertaining, but they're also but they're weird. also really weird. Yeah, like weird, quirky kind of movies. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm occasionally you got to be down for that. That makes sense. Yeah, I need to rewatch some of these and pay attention more. Yeah, <laughs> I need to watch Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, yes, <laughs> we've been telling you for months. But when you watch it, watch don't it. enjoy the music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need you to then watch Interstellar and enjoy the music. Oh, I eat this microphone anyway. Um, quickly, I'll do my quick rundown. I mean, the Tales of the Jedi. Been watching Andor. It's really great. Hot D. Um, yeah, that hot D finale. Really uh, got things fired up. Um, 
you got was the other thing we all collectively saw black adam uh we did. i think in yeah like we all got to see that that was surprisingly a lot of fun like uh you know the rock basically doing the rock things um <laughs> but i think overall like it was entertaining every a lot of people in the theater enjoyed it uh for what it was um you know, not too much depth, but not really necessary for a character like Black Adam. Um, I mean, you can add depth. Let me take, I'll, I'll retract that. Like, there is surprising depth to it, at least from the story-wise. Like, some of the story beats took good surprising turns. Um, effects were really good. Um, action showed off, like, this kind of DC style of action where that, that kind of, like, impulsive, quick speed, uh, kind of, like, zoomed in pieces from one to the other. Like, they kind of had that in Man of Steel. So they did some more of that here with Black Adam, which is cool to watch. Um, some of the, most of the humor worked. Some of it didn't. Um, Anthony likes to point out. I think after rewatching it again, uh, I can't figure out exactly where he learns the word catchphrase. But then he says the word catchphrase. <laughs> I told you he didn't. The kid never told him that. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure as an edit, or they cut out a line that was supposed to tie into that. Just, Whatever. Just the pretty, fact that he knew English at all, they, they didn't sure. explain it. He movie. had the wisdom of one of the gods. That's all he had right, to say. Right, but that's you telling me that, not the movie. But the <laughs> and or the comics. Shazam. If you don't, if you don't read the comics, all they needed was like one little line as for him to say. They had oh. to tell you who each of the gods were. Like that's some kind of like like I was kind of bummed about. Like they didn't show you who each of the gods were because in Shazam. Uh, you have the wizard giving Billy Batson, and he tells you the, 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 the power set he gets of, of each of the gods, and you're like, oh, you're getting the the wisdom of Solomon, you know, the the endurance or the, the strength of the, Hercules, or the resolve, you know, the the endurance of Atlas, the power of Zeus, like that, that all that stuff. So it's like, you know, the speed of Mercury. You're like, damn, buddy, like where'd that go? Anyway, <laughs> could have used a little more of that um justice society um they could have leaned more on like the whole like the ramifications of some outside force just coming in and keeping peace and stability in an unstable country like they mentioned it a couple times and i think uh they had they they, they tried to ride the balance and that and as a result some people feel like i felt like maybe they could have done wrote a little bit more it would have made more sense of the whole anti-hero kind of thing but it doesn't matter point is it was still effective um, you know, Hawk. The whole Justice Society team was pretty cool. At first, I thought I was gonna really hate Adam Smasher for just being really corny, but no, he did a good job. Like every and uh, you know, uh, Hawkman uh, was really fun being this crazy stubborn dude. Um, that Doctor Fate and Doctor Fate, Doctor Fate Best was character. Yeah, so was damn awesome. cool. Pierce Brosnan is so cool. They could have called the movie Doctor Fate. They could have. I mean, he almost overshadowed people at this point really want another doctor. Like they're like, yo, give us a doctor fate movie. Give us this stuff. Like, uh, like all of his sequences, all of his effects and stuff were done really well. Um, his whole, like everything he had with it were just like when he's out of helmet, even Kent Nelson, like just portraying as somebody who's like, yeah, I'm, I'm strong, but I'm also like burdened with this power because I kind of know everything's supposed to happen. It was cool. Like, uh, the, the villain, obviously like, third act cg villain was kind of meh um but it made sense comic wise because from the comics there actually is that character that act that actually turns into um the other character the other the it's basically <laughs> it, spoilers it's, it's like Satan. it's like an anti shazam because there are it's six demons instead so that's that's why that's why it was all upside down minor spoilers um but um stranger things you're right um that's that kind of how it was um 
Yeah, it was it was okay. It was it was better than I thought it would be. Um, I wasn't expecting anything from it, but it it is one of those. At least to me, it was like a you know it was a middle of the road superhero movie, but for DC, not bad because DC you know they have some good ones and then not so good ones. And this one was pretty good. You this is definitely one where you kind of have to like click your brain off. The the writing wasn't very <laughs> wasn't very good, but all the action scenes were were great. Yeah, and like, the story the beats were, the story beats were hella telegraphed, but like um, action scenes were great still, dude. Okay, even can the, we talk the, about the dialogue was kind of yeah. terrible, and that little kid was pretty terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. As cool, you know, like, as like, like endearing as the kid needs to be because he's supposed to be the voice of the people of Condock, like it's kind of corny. But can we talk about that one guy that got got on the bike? Oh, oh, oh okay. the futuristic bike. Yeah, futuristic on bike. the the Eternium fueled bike. Yeah, where, where they're over that the water, cool. right? Yes, and he that throws the. That, dude, was that was cool. Amazing. <laughs> He's just like, okay, I know how this works. You're not gonna get me this time. He chucks him forward and then hits him with the Eternium boost, and he just he got bones on. <laughs> he, he literally got like <laughs> he went to a dimension. A guy I couldn't have. <laughs> oh my god. That Everyone at the was like, oh, yeah. it was pretty awesome. <laughs> that whole theater, like, especially like, it's just like, oh, he's like, you know, cooking people. Um, and good Lord. Yeah, it was. That was probably the coolest, like, takeout in the entire movie. He had some cool takeout moments in general. Just yeah. Throughout. Though I will say I didn't like the opening slow motion sequence. I thought that was a bit much. In which opening? The one at the. At the where, where he gets resurrected? After he gets resurrected and he's out in the desert with and the like song? the whole yeah with the song with yeah. the painted, with oh, painted black was yeah, yeah that was very I was like mm. Thor esque and felt, kind of it felt too cheesy for a character that's supposed to be hella serious yeah. like he's just like I'm gonna play with you it's like no that dude. was like the like the Quicksilver scene yeah and it's yeah. like that's you don't need that right now like like everything he was doing in the in the 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 chamber room where the crown of Sabak was that was like that was done well like he like stuck his arm through the the, the, through rock, the rock and then like yeah got him. <laughs> and the just rock. like and cooked the guy yeah that was really cool but like overall it's it's entertaining it's worth a watch like that's why like it was objectively uh yeah it's entertaining i would still say like something like wonder woman aquaman and shazam are, are better put together films but the first wonder woman yeah the first one okay. uh, yeah. we, 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 we talk about the first one uh anyway so that was like part of the main watch um, I got to also, I was on a whim, I rewatched You Only Live Twice on Amazon Prime. Okay. Because uh, all the Bond movies are on Prime. Mm. And uh, hell, it was, um, I mean, yeah, for a six, it's a late <laughs> 60s Bond movie, but uh, it was cool. It's basically Bond in Japan trying to figure out why some uh, third, par third party actor is kidnapping uh the both the U.S. and Soviets uh, manned missions into space and into orbit. Um, so it's uh, pretty interesting because he's trying to figure stuff out. But the only way for him to really get to the investigation is that like he has to fake his death. Hence why the movie's called "You Only Live Twice." Um, and fun fact: um, the screenplay is written by Roald Dahl. Cool. I don't know if you know who that is. Zach is giving me the face of. Who that? <laughs> Who this man? Uh, you ever see a little movie called James and the Giant Peach? Or read, or read the, book? the book? Or read the book? <laughs> no. You ever uh, you ever see a little movie called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? The okay. Yes, like, the original. The original and, yes, of well, course. the original the and even the, the bat. Yeah, or even well, the I book. I never read the book, but I saw the movie. Yes. You saw both movies? Any movie? Anyway, so 
Yeah, that, yeah, movie? I saw Any the yes, the Johnny original, the original. So yeah, the, uh, that that's one. the author I mean, of I've that. Seen the, Matilda, Charlie, but yeah, Matilda. I've seen bits and pieces. Of okay, Matilda. same author. So same dude who wrote a bunch of really cool children's books wrote a Bond movie, <laughs> wrote a screenplay for <laughs> nice. a Bond movie, and I was like, damn, this is wild. Um, it's a opposite end of the spectrum. Man. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I was going through the credits like Roald Dahl. Okay, this is cool. So um, I would, yeah, like it, that was a fun watch to kind of go through again. You know, Sean Connery's Bond is. Uh, I I grew up watching a lot of the the Connery films. That was my uh, my mom's first introduction to me for Bond movies. Even though she loves Roger Moore better, um, but uh, it's um, you know you have a massive collection of the whole collection. I think on Prime. So yeah, all uh, twenty five. It's a good one. I, I recommend it. It's a fun one. Um, you know, it's a, it can be a little, um, you know, very stereotypical at times. But dated. Uh, yeah, dated. <laughs> here, but that, that's weirdly part of the charm of it because it's Bond yeah. just like muscling through. Like there's a part where something happens and like something happens through a wall. And then so instead of like opening the door, he just busts through the paper wall. It's like, <laughs> yep, that's Japan. <laughs> so uh, and he and he gets through his own thing. It's really cool. I just I recommend watching that. And then finally, I got into a, a, there's a drama that came out on Apple TV Plus called Raymond and Ray. Uh, it's one of these, what I like to call a play in five acts, where each act has sort of like an established thing. And it's just, it's hard drama. Just people acting, you know, playing these characters, going through these very unique and interesting life experiences. It's about these two half-brothers who have to go to their father's funeral. But the father, the, uh, the part of the will indicated that they had to do, you know, like, be at the view at the viewing the viewing he needed to be a uh, uh, open casket and he wanted to be naked and like yeah it's really <laughs> kind of quirky and strange but then you find out there's a whole lot more to the relationship that both of them had with their father it's the one with uh ewan mcgregor right? with yeah it stars ewan mcgregor and ethan hawk ethan hawk yeah. um you know great supporting cast too like i just uh was very like caught off guard and surprised by like how well acted it was um obviously you have two powerhouses in those two but um yeah it's worth the time i remember watching this i was like wow like they're going through so much and it's only halfway through the entire movie so holy crap it's pretty nuts that's dang cool um so um but it's like an hour and 40 minutes but i'd recommend it it's good um, so it's a movie it's not it's a full it's movie a yeah it's not okay. a show it's a movie oh, okay so yeah like there's and this some is on like, apple yeah it's on apple's thing um, they have a couple of the good ones too, but I figured that one just recently came out, so let me watch that. Um, I think I might have mentioned also the greatest beer run ever. It's a really yep. good one too. Yeah. Yep. So uh, yeah, I know it was a long one, guys, but uh, that's our recently watched because we haven't gotten back to formula in a little bit. Did did uh, did you guys like almost such Shazam Black Adam? <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. Give it like a solid six and a half, seven. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna give it a seven. Yeah, like again, like there's some of the writings like Ooh, six but, and a half. but <laughs> Doctor Fate, <laughs> Doctor Dr. Fate is so cool. <laughs> Doctor Bond, no, um, <laughs> yeah. So um, with that, I think we can pivot over to kind of like our our big thing. Uh, Danny, uh, actually, I'll let Anthony kind of uh, bring us up because this is uh, our what I I call our subject matter expert on on this particular topic because it just. Um, he's Nonsense. more well he's well yeah more versed in this person's body of work than I am but uh, we finally are getting around to um, our what we call our Michael Giacchino appreciation uh, segment yeah with uh, World of Night coming out a couple of weeks ago 
he directed it uh first time directing which was very cool if you haven't watched it go watch it and he also did the music and he's that's what he's usually known for he's been a composer for i don't know how many years now 20 something maybe almost 30 years uh michael giacchino started off playing doing music for video games that not many people knew about yeah he did uh, like the gargoyles game for sega genesis yeah, i'm cheating because imdb's here a while back but yeah a long long time ago um that's kind of where I fi- I learned about him first. I yeah. remember renting Medal of Honor Frontline on PS2. Yeah, PlayStation 2. Yes. And uh, they had a whole, like, part of the, in the disc had a behind the scenes, and one of it was the score. And um, the opening score, like, just the opening menu is so good. And then you look at it, and it, you see this guy conducting it, and like, oh, Michael Giacchino, composer. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, that guy's really good. And it's around the time I was seriously playing trumpet in high school. Um, going into college um, but you know, then you know a few years later uh, he gets tapped for by Brad Bird for The Incredibles right I don't know I mean Incredibles was what like 2005 2004 yeah. so um, if I mean, you he's check done there, several Pixar yeah I'm pretty movies. sure he did he did stuff way before then but um, yeah I mean it's I know it's a little weird I know we mentioned composers in the past we all like a lot of different music from movies uh, and it's weird that we haven't really spent an episode talking about any like the OGs like John Williams or you know Hans Zimmer any anybody like that. So yeah, this is our first one that we're gonna kind of do a semi deep dive on a particular composer, but only because you know he recently just did something that's pretty relevant in World by Night. But yeah, so I'll I'll kick it off to one of you guys. What's one of your favorite Michael Giacchino scores? I'll, I'll kick it off. Sure, first. kick it. <laughs> Zach is like, I gotta kick it. Uh, I mean, he's he's composed great music for great films. Uh, but I I can't help but think about the JJ Abr- uh, Abrams reboot of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Because very cool. You get a lot of uh the music from from the original TV shows and movies. Um, but of course, more modernized and they and he he adds a bunch of uh, other stuff to it. Um, and, you know, if you listen to the um, the credit, uh, the, like the music that plays during the credits of the first Star Trek movie, uh, it's a mix of the original theme mixed with like the like the new theme for this era of Star Trek, and then some other crazy stuff and really cool stuff too. And it's fused it together. Yeah, and puts it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it sounds really great. There's even a part where um, after the 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 original main theme plays during like the stylized credits. Um, it gets quiet and you hear this Chinese instrument called an iru. Mm-hmm. Um, that just kind of it's a string instrument, just kind of plays there for a little bit, and then you have the violins and the like playing that come in the background. It sounds really, uh, really awesome. And then you have you know the the rest of the trilogy where he just again brings on like brings in great music or creates great music. You have um, I think one of my favorite pieces from the second movie is a I think it's called uh, London. Is it London Calling? I think where it's probably like a, because probably pun because of the pun. Yeah. Well, fun fact about Giacchino is a lot of all his scores, uh, all the the titles, they're it's great because it it's alludes to something that happens within the piece that he's doing, uh, you know, the actual film or TV show or episode. Yeah. But he doesn't spoil it. He doesn't spoil <laughs> it, but he like makes a really funny, a really like ridiculous pun about it. Yeah. Well, the, the title is because of the whole scene where where Benedict Cumberbatch is. Uh, character is kind of introduced in and they're in london therefore london calling 
Um, <laughs> and it's like a, just a, a simple piano piece uh, with three basic chords, but it sounds really cool. And then, I mean, just the rest of the score is also just fantastic. But that that's one that sticks out to me. I mean, of course, he's done music from like, uh, you know, a lot of Pixar movies, uh, Ratatouille, uh, The Incredibles, of course. Um, and then he he did uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. uh, a Star Wars story, so good. which we all saw recently in IMAX. In IMAX, yes. And uh, and I didn't know that he did it, but uh, Sky High. <laughs> wow! There you go. The, the Disney. Movie. I didn't know that. He yeah, did. yeah, yeah, I, I just looked saying. it up like right he, now. I cheated. He's probably done a lot of things that I've probably seen. I just didn't realize it was him. Mission Impossible Three because mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams. Oh yeah, of course. that's Abrams. He did. I think he's done all of them since three. Yeah, because or, he teamed up. He did three, four. I'm not sure if he did five. I know he did Ghost Protocol. Uh, or Ghost Protocol. Well, when yeah. was yeah? When was um Ghost Protocol? That was like 2011, right? It um, was well, 2012. 2012. Okay, because that's Brad Bird who directed The Incredibles, Ratatouille. Yeah. Right. Yep. I think, I think with his too, Disney right? boys. Yeah. Didn't he direct? No. Ghost no, Protocol was, was 2011. Yeah. Yeah. That was Brad Bird. I mean, he also did all the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. True, yes. Yeah, because he's uh, good friends with Matt Reeves. With Matt Reeves. Yeah. You know what he also did? With Matt Reeves. It's <laughs> the <laughs> Batman. It's the, uh, the Batman. Uh, no, he did another movie that, you know, again, if even if the movie bombs or flops, he will be the highlight so is or he the also highest drop of it. The ludicrous? Are you going to say Cars 2? Is he no, the ludicrous I was not going to say Cars 2. He did do Cars 2. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say Cars 2. So you're saying but, he's the ludicrous of composers. He is the ludicrous oh, okay. of composers. You could have anything be god-awful, but hey, Michael Giacchino did the score. The score is entertaining. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of those where maybe the movie wasn't so good, but his his score was great. Um, Yeah. Uh, that one that I would what maybe was a was a box office bomb, but I thought was a good movie was John Carter. Yes, I w- was just about to say it, but I was gonna let you say it. Yeah, <laughs> he also Le- did Jupiter Ascending, dude. Oh, Ooh. I was gonna talk about that one. God, dude. Okay, whatever you think about that movie, <laughs> good or bad, the music is awesome. I don't remember that music, the music. is really good. I, I would say rewatch it and just listen to the music. We've had road trips, awesome. Anthony and I. Uh, I'm getting really excited here. It's that good. Um, Anthony just listen and I, to the first five tracks. Anthony and I have been on a road trip, and like, uh, we'll we'll just, uh, you know what? Let's let let's let's fire up the Jupiter Ascending soundtrack, like, cause it's that good. We just lament how bonkers of a movie that is. Like, there's the 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 legends say that there's still bite marks of Eddie Redmayne all over all the sets that they still like haven't gotten rid of. Yet. Bite marks. <laughs> that man chewed up so much scenery, <laughs> but uh, dude, it was yeah. Th- that score is really great. Like, it's really well put together it's um yeah movies movies okay but the soundtrack is great so i would say rewatch it just for the soundtrack but yeah that's definitely one of the ones i was going to bring up danny any of them that you can think of yeah man well i mean can we just say how this year alone he's had oh yeah he's yeah uh, (laughs) making that money werewolf by night thor love and thunder light year Jurassic World, mm-hmm. the, the Batman, Batman, the re-release of Rogue One, and and let's say December, yeah. which is almost this year. No Spider-Man, way no, way home. Mm-hmm. no Way Home. Yeah, that was like, yeah, a little bit. What a list. Um, I'll count that into January because, you know. It kept playing COVID, in January. So it was playing until like February, so yeah. Um, but and, I, it, and it re-released this year. Yeah, that, that, that counts. True. We yeah. counted Rogue One's re-release, so we have to count. 
the No the Way Home's re-release. More fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Seven. That's seven this year alone. Yeah, man. The guy's busy. He's a popular man nowadays. I mean, it's rightfully so, dude. Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought this way before, but I've heard other people say it that he's kind of like slowly taking the mantle from John Williams. Like, John Williams, the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, and I, he's I like, and times. he's been the past maybe like decade, like supplanting himself as maybe the new John Williams. Yeah, I've, I've said it a couple times yeah, on the podcast. Like, he's becoming this generation's uh, John sure. Williams. Definitely, I, Disney loves him. They've used him for so many projects. So many projects. There was a while where he just did, I think, almost every Pixar movie. And if not the movie, he would do the short that was before the Pixar yeah. movie. Yeah, like La Luna. Yeah, he it it was it was kind of wild how many consecutive Pixar projects that he did, and then and then from there it just went into standard Disney Disney movies slash Marvel. I mean, two of my favorite. In general, for Michael Giacchino, and in, they're both Pixar, but would be The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Oh, so awesome! Just so many themes in that one in general um, that were and the whole jazzy feel. Yeah. The whole jazzy was so cool. And um, and the next one would be Coco. Oh Coco's, man, Coco's so good. That one for me was just more special, just because I play guitar and I love that vibe. And oh hell yeah, it was so good. And now that we're on the Pixar kick, I don't think we can not mention. I mean, Zach mentioned it, but Up, yeah, he won an Oscar it's for the Oscar it. for it, man. rightly deserved. Um, he's part of the reason that you probably cried in, in the first, first ten, 10 minutes, minutes. because <laughs> those first ten minutes were just him playing music and the visual of the movie. There was no dialogue, and it was yeah, it was just the music and fantastic. The fantastic. I mean, I hear I hear that song all over instagram now you yeah because like if it's like a sad video and stuff yeah, yeah. They, they're playing a sad video it's like oh here's the up music it's like and, and if i get sad it's like it's not because of that video i'm watching it's because i'm remembering that scene it's like oh and they always they don't play do that the, to me. they use a the part where it's like just the slow piano yeah it's not cool oh man they know how to tell you because i because i know when that was it's not cool An- another one uh just looking through his catalog here which zach needs to see all of them lost Oh, that was oh. going to be mine that I was going to mention. Oh, because J.J. Abrams. Yeah. J.J. Abrams, he's a producer and he directed the pilot. But yeah, you guys definitely need to watch that. Or I think Danny has seen it. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, so you should watch it again. Just me, Just watch it again. You know what other, <laughs> you know, there, uh, another show he did a, uh, music for? Fringe? Uh, yeah, Fringe. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Alias. I was like, not that one. Well, but uh, That one too. Yeah, that one too. But no, he did Fringe. Uh, I loved the intro for Fringe. Um. Just this weird kind of like sci-fi show and um that like he knows how to play with all these different styles and tones so well like at one point he can go from something playful to then emotionally tugging to action-packed to thrilling um you know he can even go nuts with like heavy metal guitar like he just did with love and thunder <laughs> um i wish I, they played him more I yeah didn't, i didn't hear it i wanted more the there's like one there's like one or two times of that theme it was just in a like yeah, just two times in the movie. But uh, I mentioned it well, before. Like, my... That that Medal of Honor Frontline score is, like... I When you think, like, you know, you always think, like, a, like when you look back on, like, World War II, and there's always a, a style of music with that. Like, there's there's uh, solemn horns and maybe, like, some some thrilling strings and maybe, like, you know, like, background vocal, like, vocal chorus. Um, he nails that, like, just from the opening. And, like, it's it's... It's it's like bone chilling. You're like, man, this is 
we're, we're like it, it puts in the, like the, the the heavy the heaviness that that came with around that time like hey like you're playing in missions in world war ii like there's such a massive gravity to all that and that was that i was like this is all from a video game and then to see him kind of blow up and become really this you know the go-to for you know our, like right now three different directors like it's um matt it's reeves, really incredible matt reeves jj abrams, abrams um brad bird brad bird well four now i guess you know all the pixar people but um you know he he can just kind of go and himself yeah and i'm um, even even taika waititi for a second he did jojo rabbit the score for jojo rabbit um uh he did inside out i just remembered he also did inside <laughs> out and now i'm like trying not to remember bing bong i'm like please god no don't freak <laughs> out on oh man um i mean lately in his uh but the real one the other one i would say uh didn't mean to cut you off there but yeah, no, no the other one that i really to this day like still think it's like man it's so it's really unique and has help set and almost course correct uh for a whole entire massive franchise because for a franchise that at first was known for not having a very memorable music score music theme for its characters was his score for doctor strange i thought that one was really cool like it set up an exact theme like it was that kind of like you know trippy uh you know psychedelic uh style of uh, you know just with this you know, kind of like a South Asian instruments oh. and the kind of mystical stuff. Right? Yeah, the harpsichord stuff, the the long end strings that you got from the the theme too. I, I thought it was I thought it was so cool. Like it it helped make that movie be better than what it, it was just wasn't normally. Like, like he just you put that little Jacino <laughs> uh magic sprinkle. secret sprinkle <laughs> secret sauce and you get you get some really good stuff. Yeah. Where pretty much uh when you mentioned it lost was I think the first time I really started to notice because I'm sure there were things before Lost that I may have seen that he did. I just didn't notice it was him. But Lost is probably my favorite show, if not one of my favorite shows. Um, and definitely his music is one of the reasons. It's And a lot of the creators of the show and the actors, they all kind of say the same thing where it's like the, the music in his show is like super important and essentially like another character that like it is you, a character yeah if you watch the show with like put it on mute without the music like it would be completely different and some people might call it you know maybe it was like a little cheesy but it was like it was like consistently like that where it just you got used to it and like okay this is how the music of the show is and it's just like always just random weird noises and sounds with different instruments and what i liked that he did was that um for the pilot they actually got a plane a real plane that they used for the plane wreckage on the island and he used parts of the plane as instruments and to make all these weird sweet percussion noises and and like for he would put like a string against like two random metals from like the fuselage and make some really weird you know bone tingling noises when he would just like <laughs> do like ra like a use like a, a razor sharp metal edge on this random Part of the plane I was like oh man how's he getting that sound it's so so strange but but yeah that show i loved it um and the music is incredible so what was what was the name definitely of, recommend what was the name watching of there was lost one, and pay attention to the music there's so many different uh there was one themes. song in season five i forget it was like indiana something and the temple of boom yeah like all, <laughs> like, all like all his tracks 
Like, I don't, I don't know if it's him that comes up with the names or he has someone that helps him. No, it's gotta be <laughs> him. Literally everything that he does, every soundtrack that he does, all the tracks are, are some sort of pun. Yeah. Like, there was one... Um, just off the top of my head. There was a character named Kimi and it was like the music of when they were fighting the character of Kimi and it was called Kimi away from him. It's like any stupid little things like that. <laughs> but it but was like, Kimi like K-E-A-N. Yeah, like the character's name. Yeah, so it was name. just like things like that. Like all his track, track list names are little tiny puns like that. Like there's I, one in Coco. It's called Will He Shoemaker? <sighs> like, like, you know, like will he make it? Will he Shoemaker? Because of whatever. Like, you know, because <laughs> character made shoes. It's, I mean, in Werewolf by Night, the the main titles for Marvel mm-hmm. is called main title, like M A N E, like, like the, the main like the of the wolf. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. he would he would he would yeah. do something he would like make that. his own version of the Marvel music and he, then he's create like, a title for it. He's the ultimate dad joke of of yeah. his uh, song Scores. titles, yeah, of score titles. But what, what I was going to mention earlier was like for Werewolf by Night and Thor: Love and Thunder. He did his own version of the Marvel's intro mm-hmm. um, title right. sequence, and they're both yeah, the so Thor one different. Was like, like very rocky, right? Yeah, the Thor one is like very like eighties rock. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's it's really guitar soloy. Um, and then the Werewolf by Night is like a horror classic type vibe. So yeah, just did you guys ever watch Speed Racer? Yes, because if you didn't like Anthony's that movie, in my brain <laughs> even if, right even if you now. didn't like the movie, the music was Dude, awesome. I enjoyed in, it. You were in my awesome. brain. I, I was Wachowski, just about to talk about Speed Racer. Aside from uh, Jupiter Ascendant, it's another Wachowski movie. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, oh. That's a movie if you want to like show off to people how good your your TV is. Pop that movie <laughs> in, and it'll be like, wow, look the at colors. That, look at that green screen, but also the colors. Uh, dude, yeah, his score as someone who like grew up like watching reruns of the old cartoon. Like the score is great. Like it's it's just it's a perfect. It's not like a weird remix or anything. It, it's uh perfectly orchestrated to have the Speed Racer theme built into it. Um, that's funny. He's done two things with Matthew Fox. I just realized that because Matthew Fox is one of the main characters on Lost, and then Matthew Fox is also Racer X in Speed Racer. Uh, yeah, great score on that. Um, another fun, slightly dovetailing, but another fun name was we talk about the Batman. He had a, mm-hmm. the whole highway chase weekends is a was a highway to the anger zone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's so simple. Like in any other sense, it'd be so cheesy. But they're like, oh no, wait, this this music is great, and then it, it just helps you remember it more by just being really kind of the, the end credits um, theme for the Incredibles mm-hmm. is the in credits. The in credits, yeah, <laughs> in credits. Incredibles is so good. There has, I'm, I'm pretty it's sure. So you this the this. We're recording this. It's the it's the beginning of November. Between now and December, you might run into somebody who has yet to see that movie. The Incredibles, yeah, awesome. And then you got to tell them to get with it because holy. I think God. a lot of Pixar movies. Yeah, there are plenty of people that will look at that. There are people that I know that say, "Oh, it's an animated movie. I'm not going to watch it." Yep. Which sucks. It sucks, but whatever. That's some people are like that. That's on them. Oh, it's animated. It's for kids. Yeah, people need to realize that that's not a thing anymore. Like I even have family members like, oh, but what? If, why is this there for kids? And like, just because it's animated, it's not for children. Like you can tell stories animated, and you know those stories still need great music. And yeah, that's where somebody like Michael Giacchino will come in, or Kevin Kiner. 
and all the Clone Wars stuff. And he did all, all the great stuff for Rebels too, and um, as a side too. Like that's, yeah, like there is stuff that's out there that you just see that yeah they're gonna kind of go up further. And it's I think it's now culminating to the point where like I don't think I I know other than maybe like John Carpenter, but like somebody who like. <laughs> Uh, no, not even because John Carpenter is not an avid film scorer. Like, the, like Michael Giacchino's first of uh, a, a, a composer first, and now he's like a director too. So it's like bridging into that. Like that's a whole different level because there's all a lot of times you guys see it. Like the director has to film everything first, and then they'll they'll probably ship it or send it over to the composer. Like look what they do for Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some, a lot of his movies, he'll have in his setup like the the footage from the film. Other times he'll have stuff already made in place. Yeah, yeah, like it, it, like I think for Inception, it was a he had a meeting with with Chris Nolan, and he's pretty much like, yeah, we talked about the movie and what the movie was about, and then I kind of just made it up before even seeing anything of the movie, and then like, and then they, they he saw the movie, he's like, oh, this is even like <laughs> much better than I thought, and then and then I think he only did like slight tweaks to like match it with what was going on with the movie yeah so, yeah like chris nolan was like super impressed like yeah i didn't even have to show him anything in the movie and he already had like the perfect <laughs> score for this yeah sometimes you have to have uh this whole dialogue of what you're gonna do to make uh these things happen or like how to how to create the ideas and how they uh come across from just an ideas to sound and uh, a soundscape but then if you're the guy doing it, <laughs> imagine that. Just like, oh, I know, I know the kind of music I'm gonna put right here. I'm gonna frame this entire shot sequence, and I already know the music that's playing in the background. Like, that's kind of the, the fun stuff that I'd love to pick uh, his brain about because that seems like it's a lot of fun. I mean, you could tell he had a lot of fun doing Werewolf by Night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can tell he had a whole lot of fun making this. So it'll be cool to see what he does next, um, or next to be announced. So. Oh, he did that I random mean, movie. Yeah, I mean, anybody who likes the recent Spider-Man movies, he has now the, you know, he created that new main theme for the Marvel, Marvel slash Sony Spider-Man movies. Which I think is one of my favorite themes. Yeah, it's cool. In, in yeah. the MCU. So now he has, he's done like three or four different Marvel characters, which is pretty nuts. Yep. Doctor Strange, Thor, Spider-Man. Uh, four. Werewolf by, by Night, Night, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's four now. Uh, And then one DC character. As much as I, I like that he's doing that many, I kind of don't want him to do any more Marvel because I feel like each of the characters should have their own... It's going to become the guy. Their own composer? Yeah, their own... <laughs> I mean, granted, they did before. They just weren't very memorable. Alan Silvestri would like to argue with you. Well, what well, that was do? the Avengers. Avengers. And the Captain thing America. That's memorable now. But I'm saying the Iron Man score was okay the original one yeah, the yeah. Original, it was okay but it wasn't that memorable and then that's the, that's your Game of Thrones guy though I know but Robin it wasn't Jumanji. that just wasn't that memorable <laughs> fair uh, Game yeah, of Thrones is better Thor's was kind of not memorable the, the one that first to me, the me that's, that was memorable but, is the uh, Captain America march yes and I really like the composer who did that the first great. Thor movie it was just that movie it just had okay who, music that's the, the guy from uh, Puppeteer yes yes yeah go play Puppeteer PS3 PS3 three in 3D. That game actually does great in 3D. As a side note, um, what was the name of that guy's game uh, again? Um, Doyle. Patrick Doyle. Patrick Doyle. Yeah, that guy does great music. Like I have that score for that game even on my phone. But uh, yeah, then you think about it. Uh, it's I think only after the Avengers, uh, Captain America, and then the Avengers is when 
music started getting more diverse and more recognizable. Um, let me think. Yeah, like Guardians was helped because you had a lot of licensed music at the same time, but I, then you had Iron Man 3 and then even like uh, after Civil War, like you had Doctor Strange. Again, like coming back to Michael Giacchino, his Doctor Strange score is really cool. Like it's really good. It's unique. It helps the character stand out in their own story. Um, it's dope. It's worth it. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to uh, ask real quick. Okay, so when you when you're saying like the march from Captain America, who who you say the composer was? Uh, um, oh, that's Alan Silvestri. Silvestri. I did say Alan yeah. Silvestri. Okay, I thought you said Doyle. No, no that's no, for that's Thor. Thor. Okay, for the Thor. First Thor yeah, Alan Silvestri okay. did the Captain America and okay, then I the was, Avengers. Okay, I was really confused there for a second. That's that's why I had to like you know fact check myself on that one. Actually, and Loki you know tried to fact check me. That, I see. That's fine. That's fine. That's okay. That 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 theme that was made for the first Thor movie. I think it sounded pretty nice. Like it, it the, stood out to the me. The theme, a bit. yeah, but like the overall the the score of the movie, yeah. it was just like kind of. I don't really remember anything else. I, I actually watched the video on 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 music and Marvel, and they're in the MCU anyway, where like they point out that not a lot of characters have their own themes, nor is the music really memorable because that I was. That's almost all of Phase One. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot of Phase Ones. Uh, parts of phase two kind of felt like that but then you you get more like actual themes which i think you, you know marvel should you would think that marvel would have the themes you know for the yeah. characters um and we're we're slowly slowly getting that now with slowly no i think well i mean okay over like the yeah. last like it had to be like it, it took like the six, last years, six years six years yeah. yeah but like after i would i would argue after i don't know we got back into this but uh i argue after iron man 3 is when everybody started having their own kind of thing uh, except for I the Guardians, the Guardians don't kind of count because it's just whatever's on Peter Quill's Zune so, now. Yeah, whatever his uh, awesome <laughs> hey, mixtape. Yeah. We'll knock the Zune. <laughs> I will knock the Zune every time. Zune HD is uh, awesome. Yeah, because even Ant Man's theme is you know has that like uh, that kind of like heist kind of uh, theme going around to it, that heist feel to it all. Um, uh, obviously, then you have Black Panther again as its own thing to be able to stand out. Um, I know I'm forgetting a couple. Back on the Matt Reeves Monday, train, yeah. uh, he did Cloverfield. Also. He did Cloverfield. All the Matt Reeves, Planet of the Apes, but yeah, and obviously we mentioned Batman, but yeah, Cloverfield. Um, he didn't do Ten Cloverfield Lane, did he? I don't think I he did. Don't think so. New. No. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't see that here, so I don't think he did. New. No. IMDb is a hell of a thing. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> this is this is half. We're a all on it right now. Yeah, like that's half scrolling. a scrolling. I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's nuts that I think about it. Uh, Michael Giacchino has, has uh, maybe adapted or used something that was originally a John Williams theme at least what twice because you have Rogue One with Star Wars. You have Jurassic, no, he does Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Yeah, Jurassic World. Um, is he going to do the new Indiana Jones or is John Williams still doing that? No, John Williams is doing that one. Okay. I think that might be his last one. But uh, I'm trying to think if he had did anything else. Uh, like no. anything else from from, from John, John Williams? From John Williams. <laughs> he stole. Hey, <laughs> did John Williams do anything with Mission Impossible? No, that was never, no. no. He never did that. Okay. That was a uh, Lalo Schifrin, I think, the original theme. Uh, I don't see anything here that John Williams would have done originally. Um, you know, from like if, they, the... if they reboot Jaws, he might do the Jaws music. <laughs> <laughs> I think no I one. Can see that I happening. mean, Michael Giacchino was an actor in Star Wars: The First Awakens. Uh, he's a random stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah, he's random stormtrooper or, or a random person in a cloak on Exegol. No, he's episode no, it's seven. Force Awakens. Oh, okay. Episode oh, seven, oh okay. 
That's so uh, sad. What about Brian? No. Um, no. Oh, I don't know if he did the video game Black. I remember that game. That game was all about like was guns, like <laughs> shooting everything. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but, man, yeah. what a list to have but on your resume. Most likely, if you've if you haven't been living on the rock, you've probably seen a movie that has his music in it or has his influence. Guaranteed. Yeah. So definitely seems like he's gonna be continuing doing future Disney slash Marvel and probably slash Star Wars projects. So yeah. Slash Matt Reeves projects. Keep an ear <laughs> out for him. Cause or keep an eye out if he's gonna be doing more directing. Right. That too, Nuts. who knows? Crazy. Maybe he'll do another double one hour short for Marvel in a year or two. That'd be pretty cool. I, I think this is like a testing ground. This and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Hopefully they they, they might do end up doing shorts. more. Instead of doing a six, six episode, episode, 20 minute show, maybe they'll just do a short. Could be. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't mind. Some of those shows maybe shouldn't be six episodes. Could be longer. It could be shorter. Yeah. But um, I, I think uh, <laughs> there's ever a way that even if he just randomly ever listens to it once, like, can we all collectively say thank you to Michael Giacchino? Should he ever listen to this down the road one day? Um, man, I know you get it all the time, but it's uh, the variety and the unique take you have on your orchestrations are just incredible, and thank you. Fantastic. They're absolutely great. Uh, especially shout out to all your your work on Lost mm-hmm. and your early work in your video <laughs> games, you, my man. It's if, awesome. If any of you have a chance, he occasionally plays live. Sometimes he plays an assortment of music that he's done in concert. Other times he plays the music of Lost, which I ended up seeing that one time a few years back uh, in L.A. But yeah, did look, he, did look he, him uh, up. Did he uh, actually uh, conduct? Yeah, he was conducted? there. He was a composer, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Conducting and composing. Well, both. <laughs> but yeah, so like they, like, yeah, they had some of the actors there. They had the creators there talking about the show. And then it was like two and a half hour show of Lost awesome. music. Yeah, Really so cool. cool. You said it was where in, in Los Angeles? Yeah. Would it would it happen to have been at the Walt Disney Concert Hall? No. Oh, damn. Not that one. <laughs> they might have done it another one there, but the, I know that's like the first place I think of. I know the I very first that. place they did a Lost concert was in Hawaii because that's where they oh. shot the show. Yeah. That's but cool. yeah, he's done it a couple of times, just like how Hans Zimmer does live shows. John Williams also does live shows. He usually does it at the Hollywood Bowl. So most likely if you're in Los Angeles, you can catch one of these live performances but yeah that would be cool to see Jaquino's uh, awesome yeah, yeah. Jaquino is awesome Michael Jaquino you are awesome thank you so much again thank you everybody for tuning into this special episode of the popcorn watch list uh podcast uh you know we can go on and on about movie scores but we'd love to see and hear from you all what uh your favorite Michael Jaquino score is anything that we may have not have mentioned or maybe your favorite tracks or uh moments track or names. you know track track names would be great too uh share them out we have you know we want to hear it out um you know engage just have a lot of fun with it um you know you can find us again on popcorn watch this on twitter and popcorn watch this on instagram if you are not following already please do uh also on youtube popcorn watch list we have our fun little snippets uh slightly more digestible if you want to check that out as well as our live video thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next time later guys Logo and Prosper. Bye-bye.